We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind. I am not Stevie TPFO. He had a couple last minute internet issues. So, my name is TJ Zwerch, stepping in as host. And we have a last minute sub, subbing in for me as analyst, Keith Eister, joining me to talk about the nine game NBA DFS slate. How you doing, Keith? Good, man. I am not TJ's orange. So, uh, you not Stevie, <laughs> me not TJ. That's all right. We're going to make this work. I got the. The late last minute call, literally like 10 minutes ago, Stevie texted me. He's like, my internet is out, man. I need your help. <laughs> so jumping in here, literally going to be a first look for me. But we, we look at this NBA stuff. We know the stats and the pace and defensive rating, all the things that matter, enough to break it down. So we'll be good to go on this for sure. Exactly. And I mean, hey, I already remembered to hit uh, live start stream on this one. So we're already beginning uh, off on a better foot than we were uh, the first time we did this as uh, as me with the host. So let's start diving into this game by game. We got nine games on the slate starting up. We got the New Orleans Pelicans at the Washington Wizards, 245 and a half total in this one. Pelicans are favored by seven. They are. They have Zion Williamson listed as questionable. They're still without Matt Ryan. Daniel Gafford is listed as questionable for the Wizards, and they are still without DeLon Wright, Landry Shamit, and a whole bunch of other players that do not matter. Um, starting with the Pelicans, who do you have interest in here? Yeah, I mean, you got to love the matchup, right? Washington is a matchup that we have targeted all season long. If Zion were to miss this game, Brandon Ingram is probably the top play on the entire slate. Um, if Zion plays, I really like him. I, the, the minutes have not been great for him. He's 
got a couple in the, the upper 20s. Very, very rarely goes over like 34. Um, so the ceiling has not been there as much as you might think it has for, for Zion so far this season. But 7,900 in this matchup is a very intriguing price for sure. Um, if, if Zion plays, I have interest there. Um, th- that does downgrade Ingram a little bit if Zion is in, but I still think he's very, very playable in this matchup. Uh, Valanchunas, I think, as well, is pretty interesting. Um, a- another guy whose minutes kind of fluctuate all over the place, but Washington is one of the best matchups in basketball for bigs. With Gafford questionable again on the other side, if he misses, I, I would be loading up on Valanchunas here. They just don't have any other big bodies. We saw them try to throw Mike Muscala at at Joel Embiid did not work out well. Big shocker there. So tons of interest in the New Orleans side of this game. Washington is one of the best spots to target for for DFS. I would worry if Gafford's out that this game would just potentially go super small. Um, but having said that, like Valanciunas may play 24 minutes and score 45 fantasy points in those 25 minutes in that, in that type of scenario. So I agree. Ingram would become amazing. Uh, McCollum would be in play. I think I would really like Trey Murphy. He's shown he's, uh, ever since coming back from injury, they're willing to let him get up to 30 minutes, and he'd probably step into a larger role without Zion. So I definitely would be interested in him as well. On the Washington side of things, if everybody's in, they're all kind of priced at a point where I don't think I would have a ton of interest in anybody outside maybe Gafford if he plays. Um, But having said that, um, if Gafford is out, I'm not, I don't want to play Muscala. I'm happy I didn't do that. He was 50% owned in GPPs. I the cannot, other time. Believe, cannot believe he actually got that high of ownership. Like with all the other games. value that opened up, like that was nuts. Yeah. I mean, it was the, in the first game of the night, if I recall. So like people were just fine jamming him. And I, like we were, I think it was Tim and I were like, there's no chance. And with Dean. And then I think you said it on the, on crunch time that same night, like none of us were on Muscala. I can't believe he actually ended up 40%. I definitely wouldn't wouldn't try to go back there even in a like Valanchunas is definitely not in bead, but I still wouldn't be playing the Scala if Gafford's out. No, absolutely not. Um, Koulibaly, maybe somebody that I would want to play in that situation. He'd be the center they'd use if this game does go small, kind of like how I talked about. So I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind taking shots on him there. Next up, much lower total. We got the Philadelphia 76ers at the Detroit Pistons. 227 total. Uh, 76ers are favored by 11 in this spot. For the 76ers, they got nobody listed on the injury report right now. For the Pistons, Jalen Duran is out. Marvin Bagley is out. Um, Starting with Philadelphia, assuming everybody plays, we don't get some kind of like, ah, it's just the Pistons, let's rest Embiid. Um, Who do you have interest in here? Yeah, I have interest in Embiid. Um, you mentioned Jalen Duran out for the Pistons is a, a massive deal. He has been one of the best rim protectors in the league this season, and without him, they have zero rim protectors. Bagley is out now as well, so we're going to be seeing some Isaiah Stewart at the at the five who cannot protect the rim at all. James Wiseman probably gets 18, 20 minutes in that spot as well. This is a, a smash spot if this game stays close. I do have a little bit of blowout concerns here if Philly is playing everybody. Um, but if Embiid is in, I'm certainly going to gonna find a way to pay up for him. Uh, I think it's a good spot for Maxi as well. With Ubre back, I don't have a ton of interest in the secondary guys, although Melton has still kind of found a way to get there. Um, n- not quite last game, but the, in the Atlanta game, Melton still had a nice game with Ubre active. Probably stay away from the rest of the Philly side, if if assuming that everybody's in there, uh, but Embiid 
I think as a smash play in this spot, you can certainly play Maxi for some ceiling as well. Maxi and Embiid, exactly like you said, would probably be the only guys I'd have interest in. Blood is the biggest concern I would have here. On the Detroit side of things, if Ouser Thompson is starting at uh, at forward again for these guys below 6K, I'm going to be jamming in a lot of him, even though it's a tough matchup. He got 33 minutes last game against Indiana, 34 and a half fantasy points. Obviously, we worry about him replicating that matchup because of the pace and he went eight for 10, but I still think he's too cheap at 5,900 if he's back in the starting lineup. Yeah, completely agree with the Asar Thompson call. Uh, we know the rebounds are going to be there. It's whether that shot is going to be there. The eight for 10 is probably his best shooting game of the entire season without looking through the game logs, but I, he's really struggled with his shot. Um, he also only had he, like, I think uh, zero or one rebounds in the first half. So it's like, while he was having a, ceiling game for shooting he was having a floor game for rebounding like by by chance yeah i mean he's definitely a guy we've seen able to get nine ten rebounds before so he's a great rebounder if the shot is coming along too like he's way way too cheap at 5900 if he's going to play 30 minutes again in the spot and i do think that he will um i'm going to go back to isaiah stewart it's a really tough matchup with Embiid on the other side um but he can shoot it a little bit from the outside i like it's going to be a tough rebounding spot for him for sure uh, but he's 5,700. I think you can take shots there. I don't trust Wiseman to play enough minutes. And like DraftKings has this really weird price on him at 5,200 again. Mm-hmm. No no chance I'm going there. He's He might be cheaper on FanDuel. And if he if he were to draw the start, he could come. He could become important on the slate. But he's still really risky, even if he does start, in my opinion. And I, st- I still wouldn't get to him on DraftKings at 5,200, even if he starts. Atlanta Hawks at the Toronto Raptors, 241 total in this one. Raptors are favored by one and a half. The Hawks have Trey Young listed as probable, DeAndre Hunter uh, listed, listed as questionable, and then the Raptors have Boucher and Otto Porter Jr. listed as questionable. Big total, tight spread. Who do you like for the Atlanta Hawks? Yeah, I mean, Trey is the guy you're always chasing for ceiling. Um under 10K is kind of intriguing, especially on, on DraftKings where he fits the scoring system really well with his three-pointers. Um, his his assist rate has been phenomenal this season. So he's that's kind of the way he's been finding the ceiling is he can score a bunch of points, but he can also get you double-digit assists. So Trey would be my first look. I think I'm looking center uh, after that. They have been playing Okongwu and, and Capella together more and more. Um, I think last game they both played 28 minutes. I think that's the most run they've gotten together this season. Uh, but that, them being willing to do that, it has me intrigued in both of those guys. Um, if Hunter is missing this game again, then I think that that's, that's basically their projection. You just project them both for 28 minutes. And I feel really good about either one of them. Capella at 6,200, Okongwu at 5K, like the matchup for both of them. Uh Sadiq Bay is a guy who's been playing a ton of minutes as well. It was up to 40 without DeAndre Hunter Hunter in that last one. I think even with Hunter, he would play 35-ish, 35-plus even. Um, so I think Sadiq Bay is in play as well. Nothing really else to add for me. If Hunter is out, I'll like these guys more just because those minutes are more secure. But they've kind of been priced yeah. up to a pretty high point because they've had players missing out of the lineup. So if everybody's healthy... We'll probably have a tougher time getting there, but the Raptors on the other side are going to be one of my favorite teams to target on the slate. Atlanta doesn't play very good defense. They play at a super fast pace. And a lot of these Raptors are about as cheap as we've seen a lot of them all season. 
8,600 for Scotty Barnes, great price tag. Pascal Siakam, 8,100, great price tag. Schroeder at 6K, awesome. Ananobi below 6K, awesome. Pirtle at 5-5 against a team that is going to play have a center on the court for all 48 minutes, I think is just a absolutely phenomenal play. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the best spots on the slate. Atlanta, like you said, they play really fast. They don't play any defense. Schroeder at 6K is just absolutely jumping off the page after he smashed the Knicks in the last game. Um, that game was tightly contest, uh, contested. And like that that's exactly what we're looking for in this game. Um, if Toronto can keep up with Atlanta here, it's going to be played at a much faster pace, and Toronto is completely underpriced. Um, love Siakam and Barnes as well. Probably lean Siakam over Barnes if I had to choose one of them, but that's been a tough, a little bit of a tough um, choice this season. Like they've kind of traded finding their ceilings at different parts of the se- this season. But I think you, both of them are very much in play at this price in that matchup. Uh, Schroeder at 6K is definitely my favorite, though. Yep. I like all of these guys today. Basically, everybody in the starting lineup is probably going to be a pretty important piece of my lineup. Next up, we got the Charlotte Hornets at the Miami Heat, 226.5 total in this one. Heats are favored by nine for the Charlotte Hornets. They are still without LaMelo Ball, and uh, Mark Williams is listed as doubtful. And then on the Miami side of things, they're still without Batman Abayo, Tyler Hero, and Haywood Highsmith. Starting with Charlotte, yeah, I get that Miami's not as strong defensively without Batman Abayo and crew. But this is still a slow team, strong and tough defensive matchup. Rozier's put up a super high ceiling. Bridges has a really high minutes floor. And Nick Richards has started to be priced up. How, how much interest do you have on this uh, on this Charlotte side? Yeah, I mean, Rozier at this price is, is tough. Um, like, we just saw this matchup and he completely dominated. So I think you can go back there, but it, it's an uncomfortable price to pay. But he just he gets so much usage without Lamelo has the ball in his hands a lot more. So you can still play Rozier at this price with Williams out. Richard's price coming up. I still think he's playable. I know he did not do great in the spot last game, um, but he did he did see twenty six minutes. And like Orlando Robinson, just not going to protect the rim like like Bam Adebayo does. I I still think I'd go back to Richards here in this spot. Um. Yeah, I mean, the pricing is kind of starting to do adjust. It's not as attractive um, as it was even a week ago, even last game in this spot. Like everybody's up, it seems like four to five hundred dollars more from where they were. So a little bit tougher to get there. But Rogier and Richards, I think the two I'd be looking at. The Miami side, I have a lot more interest in Charlotte's one of the better matchups in the league. They play no defense. They play at a really fast pace. Jimmy Butler, I think, is a great play. Caleb Martin, I like quite a bit. Lowry, Hawkes, Duncan Robinson are all fine, but uh, the big men, I think I have a lot of interest in as well. Orlando Robinson didn't really do anything uh, his last couple games, but I this is a smash spots against Charlotte. He had five fouls in the last game, so if he stays out of foul trouble, maybe puts together a better game. Um, and then Kevin Love as well, I think you can take shots on in GPPs as well. Yeah, I mean, Orlando Robinson would be, the, would be the first guy I wanted to look at. Uh, glad that you mentioned the foul trouble there because I was like, man, he's only played 20 and 22 minutes the last two games. I think there's potential for 30 minutes in this spot if he can stay out of foul trouble. So I think O'Rob is the guy I go right back to. Um, 
love the Caleb Martin call. Dude's been playing a ton of minutes, fast paced game against Charlotte, like pays out spot for Miami. Love Caleb Martin. Um, didn't even get a price boost from, from his last game when he was okay. Butler, we kind of talked about this in the last, like he just hasn't been finding that ceiling ceiling very often. He's certainly playable, but I don't think that he'll be a priority for me. I'd rather save the money and go down to Caleb Martin. Honestly, Duncan Robinson, a guy who's been taking a bunch of shots. I think he's playable at this spot. He went off against them in the last game. So 6K is an uncomfortable price for a guy like Duncan Robinson who doesn't do much other than score. But if he's going to keep shooting like he is, he's in play. Hawkes has been playing the minutes as well. So awesome matchup. Lots of interest in Miami. I think I'd rank them. Um, I'd put O'Rob at the top slightly ahead of Martin, but I love both of them. And then I think Robinson and Hawkes would be my next looks. Lakers at Spurs, six total in this one. And, sorry, six are what the Lakers are favored by. 230 total, not a six total. That would be ridiculous. Um, tough to know of injury report for the Lakers the night before. They just played and lost a very, very tough game against the Mavericks. You could easily see LeBron, Anthony Davis, one of, both of, more of these guys sitting in this spot against the Spurs um, on the on the San Antonio side of things. They're basically healthy except for Charles Bassey, who just got diagnosed with a long-term injury. Starting with the Lakers side of things, we can't really break it down the night before. It totally depends on who plays. Like, it's pretty clear. If LeBron is in and Anthony Davis is out, LeBron's one of the best play on the slate. If Anthony Davis is in and LeBron's out, Anthony Davis is one of the best plays on the slate. Um, if both of them are out, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves are two of the best plays on the slate. Um, maybe you can start looking at some of these other guys, but DraftKings did, um, like they, they're aware the Lakers are on a back-to-back. They went out of their way to price these guys up. Christian Wood is 5k, a bump from 3,800 and he didn't even play against Dallas. Um, and so they're kind of clearly expecting a couple guys to sit here. Hachimura, just under 5K, would probably be the one I'd be most interested in with everybody out, him and Reddish, outside of the Reeves and Russell. Um, sorry, I didn't really leave much for you here, but it just all that to say, we we don't know what's happening with them yet. Yeah, no, we we definitely don't. Um, Derek in chat says Dean tweeted that he thinks uh, LBJ and, and AD will be out tomorrow. I think, like, it wouldn't surprise me if both of them rest. I think the more likely scenario is they rest one of them. Um, and, like, as I got the text from Stevie that, that he needed help on the podcast tonight, I was reading a, a quote from Darwin Ham about uh, Anthony Davis's injury and how he played through it tonight and he would be reevaluated. I feel like Anthony Davis is, is probably going to sit this one out. Maybe LeBron sits too. Like they definitely played a ton of minutes in the in-season tournament. Um, a really tough game against Dallas tonight, like you mentioned. So seems like a very clear rest spot. If it's both of them, you just play all the Lakers. It's it's a phenomenal matchup. They, they can still pl- keep up with the Spurs, no doubt. Um, the Spurs have lost a bunch of games in a row. Like, Austin Reeves would be a phenomenal play without both of them. D'Angelo Russell would be a phenomenal play, uh, like the Rui call as well. So I'm, I'm completely with you here. We have to wait and see what the injury report looks like. Almost certainly Davis and James will both be listed questionable. But I think unlike – previous days where those are like fake questionables and we're like, ah, they're playing very much in doubt on both of them. I would say um, like, I'd put it at at Davis has like a 30% chance of playing and LeBron, like a 45% chance. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. On the Spurs side of things, if LeBron and AD are out, I think I'm actually going to have a lot more interest in the Spurs because that increases the likelihood of this one staying close. Victor Wembanyama has... You can play him in any matchup in any game. He's just showed a stupidly high ceiling lately, and not just a stupidly high ceiling, but he's reaching it at an incredibly consistent pace right now. 51, 63, 30, bad game. 52, 59, 42, bad game. 54, 22, 60. Like, he's just been absolutely incredible because if his shot's on, he's putting up at bare minimum 50 points. Like, as long as his shot's not off, he's putting 50 points up because you know each and every game he's getting you at least double-digit rebounds, sometimes in the case of these past two games, which were tough matchups, by the way. Chicago and Houston, as pretty much a bad of matchups as you can get this year. 18 and 20 rebounds in the last two. Five block shots, four block shots. He gets steals. He passes the ball. Like, he can do it all, and he is one of the most intriguing fantasy options out there right now. Yeah, he really is. The main difference uh, is that they have kind of been pushing down Zach Collins' minutes and running Wembenyama at the five even more. So we've seen his rebounds spike way up. Um, 18 and 20 in the last two games since that that kind of transition of moving away from Collins at the five and, and using Wemby at the five. Like the ceiling is enormous if he's going to play the five and have 20 rebound potential. Like he's way too cheap at 8,800. Even if LeBron and AD are in there, I have interest. If they're out, like who's going to stop him from grabbing another 18 rebounds in this spot? So love the Wemby call. I have interest either way, but one of the best plays on the slate without uh, AD particularly on the other side grabbing some rebounds. I don't have a ton of interest in the Spurs outside of that. Um, There's almost zero interest if uh, LeBron or AD, just one of them, play. I don't think I'm playing anybody with Wemby on the Spurs. If those guys are out, I think you can go a little bit deeper. You can take shots on guys like Vassell or Sohan. Um, Those would probably be the, the two that I'm looking at. The, the bottom of the rotation has been kind of all over the place, so it makes it tough to play guys like that. Yeah, I think it's if either of the Lakers guys are in, it's just Wemby. If they're out, I think you throw in Kelvin Johnson and Devin Vassell. Those are the two guys, I think, with secure 30-plus minutes who actually have some ceilings to them. Um, speaking of ceiling games, the highest total on the slate by a crazy wide margin, maybe one of the highest totals we have seen this year, the Pacers at the Bucks, 258.5 total in this one. The Bucks are favored by six points, expecting to see a lot of scoring. Andrew Nemhard and Jalen Smith are out for Indiana. And on the Bucks side of things, they're without Jay Crowder and Pat Connaughton. Do you remember what we were just talking about today on the show? Because Tim, Tim, gave you prop. <laughs> Tim gave you props for the Kobe White uh, call. And it was we were saying Bucks, the point guards against the Bucks. Well, we maybe have this year's is Hallie any good at the point the guard? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're putting yeah, I mean, it like at what? Based on who? The, I, I apologize if I'm forgetting somebody, but like as a point guard this year, it's it's what it's Luca, Hallie, and SGA. Those are the three best point guards in the league now, right? Yep, I I think that's exactly who I'd put up at the top. Like Hallie has just taken a massive step step forward. He is he's a true superstar now. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Starting on the Indiana side of things, he's priced for it. He's 11-1. I still want to play him. Same here. I like I love the matchup. The Bucks have been bad on defense. Like it's like Dame has looked awful on the defensive end. Halley should be able to get whatever he wants in the spot. 11-1. 
might not be enough for this spot. Like, I wouldn't put it past him to drop 30 points and 15 assists in the in this game. Like, he has that type of upside in this game. Um, that would be a massive score. That would pay off the 11-1 price tag. I don't think I'm getting to Miles Turner in the spot with Giannis on the other side. Um, I don't – Matherin is coming off a really great game. So, like, his usage off the bench is – much better than when he was in the starting lineup. So I, I think you could go back to Matherin, another guy who, who might be able to put up some a bunch of points in the spot. I like the matchup. I love the pace of this game. That's what's what we love about Indiana games is another one of those teams that plays extremely fast and doesn't play any defense. Probably going to have interest on the on the Milwaukee side. Um, Hallie is definitely the first look, but Matherin, I think if you're looking for a little like a to do a game stack a, a two two or something like that, Matherin another guy I'd look at. I don't think you should write off Miles Turner because even though this is a tough matchup on paper, that's usually good for him. Like that's usually fine for him because Giannis and Brolo on the other side, that means that Miles Turner will be playing minutes. As long as he's not in foul trouble, this game won't go small. He's going to be out there on the court because he's going to be needed to guard the rim. He just put up 52 fantasy points on this team a couple days ago. As long as he doesn't stay in, uh, as long as he doesn't get in foul trouble, I think he's got a really big matchup, really big ceiling. He's one of those guys like Jonas Valanciunas, even though they're two totally different players. Jonas is better offensively. Miles Turner is way better defensively. Um, I want to look at that type of matchup. Is like, does this team have a seven footer that there's going to be on the court for thirty five plus minutes? If yes, that means that Miles Turner is going to get thirty plus minutes too. And so, um, I think he's still interesting in this spot on the Milwaukee side of things. I haven't played much Giannis this year just because throughout the beginning of the year, he wasn't putting up that big of a ceiling. He still, I don't think puts up like the 80 point game as often as somebody is a Luca or an Embiid or a Jokic, but he's been pretty consistently putting up like 60 points against every team he faces lately. His worst game, believe it or not, as of late is against the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, that's kind of surprising too, because like the the fast pace, like that's where you think like Giannis can really just smash. But he played forty minutes in that game too, so kind of surprising to the, the assists is what were down in that game. Still had ten rebounds. Like you'd like to see that number up at twelve or fourteen. But I, I'm I think I'm playing Giannis again. Like I know we're talking about a, a ton of great studs in great spots, so it's going to be a difficult decision at the top of the range. I think. Um, I probably spread out a little bit in a, a 20 lineup build. I think Giannis has to be in the conversation just because of the pace of the game though. So Dame, I, I struggle to play. Like I just, I don't think he has the same ceiling next to Giannis. And like, he's kind of consistently been in that 40 point range where Giannis has been in the 60 point range. They just eat into each other's ceiling a little bit too much. So I think like ranking studs, I'd put Hallie ahead of Giannis. Uh, I would put Embiid ahead of, uh, of Giannis, I think as well, even though there's a, a bunch of blowout risk for Embiid. Um, but I think that he just has like potential to put up 80. And I don't know if Giannis does when, when Dane's on the floor. So I think I'd have those two guys ahead. Um, I don't know, still interested in Giannis. So it's, it's an awesome game environment. So I, I do want some exposure here. Yeah, I agree with what, you there. I think where I Middleton, have... Middleton played 33 minutes last game. I, uh, so We've seen the minutes climb. I kind of thought that that was in-season tournament related, but that game against Chicago, and it was an overtime game, and I haven't had a chance to look at game flow from that game. Um, But 33 minutes against Chicago, Middleton's got to be in play at 6,500 if we can get 30 minutes out of him. 
and 30 the game before against Indiana. So that's turning into something that they're willing to do now. So, yeah, I don't mind that call one bit. Next up, we got Memphis Grizzlies at the Houston Rockets. Uh, 2-11 total in this one. So we go from a 258 total to a 211 total. 47 and a half point difference. On the Memphis side of things, they're still without Marcus Smart and Luke Kadard. For the Houston Rockets, they're still without Oladipo, and they have Tari Eason and Amen Thompson listed as questionable. Starting with Memphis, Houston, one of the worst matchups on the board. Um, De'Aaron, or De'Aaron, Desmond Bain has been priced up. Jaron Jackson coming off one of his best games of the season. Do you have any interest in the Grizzlies here? I really don't. I, I know Triple J smashed in the last game, but like – the consistency isn't there for him. I don't think I'm taking shots in a really tough matchup. Houston's second in defensive rating. Like I don't this team is is really good on the defensive end. It's not going anywhere. We're deep enough into the season now where we can we can trust some of these numbers. Um Fred Houston's Van a great defensive team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Dylan Brooks too. Like he's I know he's a very a player that we don't love to play in, in DFS and Although it is it is Dylan, he's Brooks a goof, but he's a good defender. He's a great defender on the perimeter, absolutely. So, yeah. like, it makes sense why Houston improved on the defensive end. Um, Bain is too like he's priced up here, that, and Houston's great on the perimeter, like we were just talking about. So, I don't have any interest in anybody else. It would only be trying to find a ceiling from from Triple J and and Bain, and I don't think this is a game that I, I really need to chase that. I think Triple J is cheap enough that you can keep him in the pool just because he can get there in slow-paced defensive games with rebounds, with blocks. Bain, I think I, I'm out on, though. On the uh, Houston side of things, I think for me it would really just be Shangun, Van Vliet, large field tournaments only, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anything to disagree with there. One other name I would throw out there is Jabari Smith. Um, saw him play 36 minutes against the Spurs. If he's if he can play 30 minutes, he's in play at 6,200. Um, he does a little bit of everything. The rebounds have been way up here recently. Uh, it's just like, are they? It's Tar Eason is really the threat behind him. Um, but Eason played 27 minutes in that game against the Spurs. Was that an overtime game? Why is there so many minutes there between those two? I don't, think I don't so. like I said, I, I haven't had a chance to dig into the game flow. I can try to pull it up really quick if we want to, but um, I don't know. Smith, I think is, is playable at 6,200 and I'd play Eason if he's going to get 20, even 24 minutes at, at 4,700. I'd be interested in Eason. Yeah, no kidding. I love that call. And yeah, no, it didn't go into overtime and it was only a 93, 82 game, but Tari Eason absolutely smashed off the bench in 26 minutes. So yeah, very, very interesting there. Um, next game definitely has some potential shenanigans in order. Um, we have the Knicks at the Utah Jazz, 229 total in this one. Knicks favored by five and a half. They're going to be without Mitchell Robinson for the foreseeable future. Emmanuel quickly is listed as questionable. He was out last game for the Utah Jazz. Lori Markinen has been upgraded to questionable. He's been out for a super long time. Jordan Clarkson is going to be out for the next couple weeks now. John Collins is questionable. Walker Kessler is questionable. The good thing is, is like, if people are playing for the the Jazz, like if Markinen, Collins, and Kessler are all in, we can basically ignore the whole front court because this is a terrible matchup. Um, on the Knicks side of things, though, no Mitch Rob. Hartenstein still is only 5K. 
Sims is still below 4K. This is a great matchup. Uh, who do you have interest in on the New York Knicks? Yeah, I mean, Hartenstein would be the first guy that we look to. Um, we talked about it. And I was on Grinders Live when it was announced that Jericho Sims was likely going to start. And even then, it's like, well, that's Hartenstein's still going to play more minutes. That is how it played out. It was a 27-21 split in favor of Hartenstein. I, I do think you can still take shots on Sims. He's not a big per minute guy, um, but 21 minutes is is encouraging. I, I think as long as he plays 20 minutes, he's in play, uh, de- depending on the value that we have. And that is mainly because he does have that power forward eligibility as well. So just a pure punt type of play, but has forward eligibility important. Um, other guys you can look I mean, you can always play Randall and Brunson for ceiling. RJ Barrett just went off um, like – 38 is not like smashing, smashing, but nice game from him in the last one, 27 points. I don't know. This is a great matchup. I think you can take shots on, on any of these guys quickly was out in that last one. Um, what is he, he's questionable again here. So Josh Hart would be in play if quickly misses. Um, and I think you could even look at DiVincenzo as well. If, if quickly's out on the jazz side of things, if marketing Collins and Kessler are out, you can once again take shots on the giant mess that is Kelly Olenek, Simone <laughs> Fontecchio, and Omar Yurtseven. Yurtseven, who had been starting for the past two weeks with Walker Kessler he- healthy, all of a sudden moves to the bench with uh, with Kelly O health with Kelly O uh, with the, sorry with so. Kessler out. And then uh, I make a rule: I'm going to play one of Kelly Olenek or uh, Omar Yurtseven in every lineup, and they somehow are just both horrific. Luka Samanich ends up being the top big man for the team, putting up almost 24 fantasy points at min price in 17 minutes. Ugly stuff. But Keontae George was stupidly spectacular. He played the whole game, even in a blowout, just kept hitting threes, put up nearly 50 fantasy points. Now Jordan Clarkson's out. So even though this matchup sucks, I think Taylor Horton Tucker, Keontae George, and Colin Sexton are all in play. I'd want to play a max one of them, but all of them are in play. Yeah, the that big man situation the other day was really, really frustrating. Yurt seven, I still thought he would see like 20 minutes, but he comes out and he picks up like three fouls in two minutes and just he played what seven minutes, eight minutes in the entire game. I, like that I was, saw I, I wasn't watching the game, but I saw that in the log that he had three turnovers in that time too. So like was he just picking up all illegal screens and like charges? Like what was going on there? Yeah, I, I was not watching it either, but very frustrating stuff for sure. And then, like, in that situation, you would feel good because you still have a ton of Olenek. It's like, oh, that just means that Olenek is going to play 30, 34 minutes now. Did not happen. Nope. 21 minutes for Kelly Olenek. Uh, very frustrating stuff. That is kind of what you're dealing with with the Jazz, though. They're they're a team that is not afraid to go 14 guys deep in, in a rotation on a given day, so it's really tough to sit here and figure out who's going to play in this spot. I think minutes for Fontecchio are pretty safe. If everybody's out again, I'd, I'd go back to Fontecchio. Um, I love the I'd, I'd Sexton over THT for me. Like Horton mm-hmm. Tucker is a guy they will yank around his minutes all the time. I feel pretty confident Sexton would get low 20s in this spot, possibly even 26, 28, and he'd be a smash if he gets into the upper 20s at 5,200. So Sexton would be... Um, the guy I'd target there, George, you know, he's playing 30 plus minutes. Uh, so you can certainly take shots on George. Like we don't love the game environment here, but these prices and guys who potentially could step into larger roles, definitely jazz are in play. 
it's it's just really hard to figure out like who you have to wait for the starting lineup for sure and then even when you get a starting lineup there's going to be some variance involved for sure last game of the night brooklyn nets at the phoenix suns 228 and a half total in this one minus five uh spread with the with the suns favored by five on the brooklyn side of things they're still without ben simmons lonnie walker and uh dennis smith jr for the phoenix suns Kevin Durant, I believe, is listed as questionable. He uh, is uncertain for Wednesday, but I think they're leaning towards him potentially playing. Second half of the back to back for, I thought I, I thought I saw something like that. I thought they were kind of expecting him on uh, okay. on the I second thought, half. I thought Friday for for Durant. I think he. I think Durant. I could have misread it. I could have misread that. Maybe it was they're expecting him by Friday, and I just took that as their next game. He will be listed questionable for sure. I just I don't think they're going to push him like. I don't know. I'd be surprised if Durant plays. Durant is considered day-to-day, and Frank Vogel won't rule him out from playing Wednesday against the Nets. So it hasn't ruled him out yet, but we'll say definitely a firm questionable. Yeah. You'd think Bradley Beal is probably going to sit on the second half of a back-to-back, and I honestly don't even think it would be totally out of the realm of possibility for Devin Booker to even sit on the second half of a back-to-back because he had been dealing with some injuries uh, early in the year as well. So every now and then you just see a team punt a game. So if that's the case, absolutely ton of value, but kind of assuming here, let's go. Kevin Durant is out. Bradley Beal is out. Where would you rank Devin Booker among the studs on this slate? Like Halliburton, like Giannis, like Embiid becomes because he comes at a discount and he, might have the highest usage rate out of all of them in this one. Yeah, he usage wise, I think he does. Well, Embiid's going to have the highest. Well, I, yeah, I mean Embiid's usage rate is up around thirty six percent this season, but I you have to factor in the blowout risk for that a little bit. I think um, Halliburton is my favorite. I think I'd go Halliburton with Booker second, Embiid third, then Giannis. That's how I would have it. Yeah, I would almost want to make a like, That's a really tough decision today. I mean, there's four great yeah. plays at the top. Weirdly enough, just because of that blowout potential, even though he, I think he has the highest ceiling, I think I'd drop Embiid last because I think he's got the highest ceiling but lowest floor um, because of the potential blowout in that one. Like he could just end up playing like 26 minutes or something like that because Detroit's just been so, so pathetic. Ancillary pieces, we are looking to see right now as this game's going on that K-Debate's Diop, who had been starting, now, without Kevin Durant out, is almost looking like he's going to be a, co- a DNP coach's decision. Um, Chemeze Metu popped into the starting lineup for them randomly. He's not doing anything so far. Um, do you have any interest in some of these ancillary pieces for Phoenix? That Eric Gordon price is starting to get out of control. But if Beal and Durant are out, I'm still probably going to play some some Eric Gordon. I think he's just going to he's going to have a really nice usage rate in the spot. Um, looks like Metu came to life a little bit. I was just pulling up the box score so I could see kind of what we're dealing with here. If Metu starts again, he's going to be in play. I think uh, Akoji should be in the starting lineup, assuming that Durant is out, and and if Beal is out. Trying to think of who would step in for Beal. Night um, two is coming to life. Heck yeah! It might, I think it might be Goodwin season. I think it might be Jordan Goodwin. Yeah. Uh, I, um, yep. I think I think that's a good call. Oh, no, Gordon is the guy who would step in for sure. Gordon yeah. would step into the starting lineup. Um, he's definitely. Oh yeah, he's not I didn't realize anything. he wasn't already starting. Yeah, he he was the sixth man tonight. He's not doing anything in this game at all. Um, 
man, it's really tough to pick. It's going to be tough to click Eric Gordon at 6,800 if he's coming off a dud, but I, I think you have to. I accidentally skipped the Brooklyn side of things here, but pivoting back to them, like Dinwiddie is fine, but I think he's priced very appropriately. Cam Thomas is somebody, if you're playing a lot of lineups, you always include in your pool because you could just put up 50 real points at any given day. Um, Claxton, yeah, he's fine. Uh, Cam Johnson, maybe he's okay. But the play I think we're looking for, and probably the only one we're really looking at here on the Brooklyn Nets is Miles Bridges, who has been, Macau Bridges, sorry, who's been putting up a, a massive ceiling lately. And it's his first revenge game. Is it the first one? That's I think surprising. So. I'm just guessing. They had to have played second half last year, no? I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Oh, um, yeah. I was just thinking, I forgot that that happened last year. I thought this year was the first time uh, Durant was playing with them. I uh, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm assuming the they season. played at some point. <laughs> yeah, first, first one of the season. That That's fair to say. Um, yeah, also I mean, a guess for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 8,400, I think, very much in play. Like, been playing a ton of minutes. The, the usage was way down to begin the year, um, but it's it's come back to life here again. So I, I definitely have interest in Bridges. Cam Thomas, I think, is a guy, like you said, you just you kind of always just include him because he can snap off for 40 real-life points at random. Um, don't love the spot for him against Phoenix. If, if a lot of people are out, maybe he gets a little extended run. Like if if all of Booker, Durant, and Beal sit, then then I think you could play Thomas hoping for a little bit of blowout run where he can just throw up 20 actual points in like 10 minutes, uh, less than that even. So, yeah, Thomas, I think, large field play. Claxton's price is interesting, but we have talked about a lot of centers. It's very similar to the slate on Monday where all these value centers were in play, but it didn't seem like any of them got there. Hopefully we have a little bit better luck uh, with value centers on this slate. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Let's play the morning grind game and then get out of here. I don't remember the order, but uh, we're just going to go in a fun order. Who do you got over 8K to bust less than 5X on this slate? Over 8K to bust. Let me see. Um... I will go with, and too good of a matchup for Jimmy Butler. Too good of a matchup for Dame Lillard. Those are guys I was considering. I don't think Anthony Davis is playing. I love everybody above AD. <laughs> this is a tough one here today. I will go with, um, I'll go with Terry Rozier. I know he's nice. just smashed in this matchup, but. You didn't take my guy. I'm going to go with Desmond Bain as mine. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Derek. Always ready with the morning grind game in the chat. Uh, who do you got under 5K to go 7X tonight? Um, I'm going to go with Metu. Expecting Phoenix to uh, rest some guys again. If he ends up finishing strong, looks like he is starting to play really well here in the second quarter. quarter. I think they go right back to him as a starter as long as Durant's out. I hope he continues to play really well. This is somebody I don't even think I remembered to mention, um, but I like him as a potential uh, cheap play because he really can explode if he gets the minutes. I'm going to go with TJ McConnell against Milwaukee because we know he's getting those backup minutes as long as Nemhart is out. And if he squeezes out a couple more, I think he can have a big day. Favorite 6X play? 
Um, I think there's a bunch of options at the top today. Um, let's see here. I will go with Tyrese Halliburton. All right. I like it. I am going to go with – I don't think Zion's going to play, so I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram. Love that one. Um, and then finally, your uh, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Still some moving parts here. Depending on what Utah's injury report looks like, I think you can do some weird things with that rotation. I don't know. Will people go back to your seven after getting absolutely torched by him? Like I'm, I'm playing your seven today. Like even like even if he's not starting, I think he would have gotten 20 minutes if he wouldn't have gotten foul trouble and just had a horrendous start to that. So hopefully people are off your seven, and I'm I'm going back. It's a great spot, so I don't know if he'll be super low owned, but nobody ever wants to play him because they always have sticker shock, and I'm going to do it because it's a great it's a great matchup. I'm going to go with Scotty Barnes as my Let's Get Weird GDP play of the day. That'll do it for Crunch Time, nine-game slates, Wednesday, December 13th. Make sure you stay tuned throughout the day for more content because Dean is going to be on Grinders Live with uh, Kirk D's and Chop. And then uh, Crunch Time coming afterwards, hosted by myself alongside Keith and Taylor with us as well. So you got the TJ and Keith combo back for Crunch Time. Taylor's on with us as well. Make sure you tune in for that one. That'll do it for this edition of The Morning Grind. On behalf of myself and Keith, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you later. Peace.